And welcome in to another episode of the West Life Podcast. I am your host, Josh Barnett. We are sponsored by West Ashfield League's best place to watch the game live and loud. And you can do that against the uh, for the State of Origin on Sunday afternoon. No West Tigers game this weekend. Thank God uh, we need another week off. We've had a week off. We need another week off. Um, so, yeah, watch it on the big screen. they got the... Uh, the burger and beer deal for 19 bucks. So, yeah, if you're looking for a place to watch Origin on Sunday, West Ashfield, of course, great supporters of the show. And also MG Pump Solutions. Shane is uh, off tonight. He's got a big day of work tomorrow. But we've got Az off the bench filling in. Um, I'll get to the boys in a second. But always, please give us a follow on the socials. We cracked 1,000 on Twitter this week or last week. Smashed Smashed past the thousand mark. So, at Westlife Pod on Twitter and Instagram, Instagram, Instagram. That's where all the old people go. Instagram, Instagram. Uh, yeah, support us and take part in the show. Patreon.com forward slash Westlife and YouTube. So, a few people joining us on the YouTube stream right now. Welcome in again, guys. Give us a subscribe. And one thing um, we don't say enough someone told me I need to plug more is uh, reviews and ratings. So wherever you listen to this or watch it, uh, likes, reviews, ratings, yeah, help us get um, get seen. Tell your friends. Just good old-fashioned spread the word um, of your favorite podcast. But uh, as I'll get to you first, you put yourself through literally physical pain on Sunday to watch the uh, West Tigers go down to the Bulldogs at Combank Stadium. How how are you feeling? And um, I hear you had a bit of a run-in with a Bulldogs fan uh, at the game. It's not like them to act like dickheads, but um, you, you found one of the few bad ones, I, I hear. Yeah, man, I really did. Uh, feeling a little bit better now. The headache was probably the main thing that I had after being whacked across the back of the head by something last night but uh i had a good long rest last night plenty of painkillers uh drove back home this morning and yep ready ready to roll for tonight so it was it was a tough game to watch in well many aspects and yeah like you said being put through i was put through emotional pain and physical pain so yep through the ringer but here we go here we go again and Rob, you were in your comfy lounge chair watching the game Sunday. Um, yeah, didn't head out to Bank Combank Stadium. I bet you're glad that you didn't. Yeah, it was kind of what I expected. Unfortunately, uh, I could have watched it in a church or a library. Um, <laughs> seriously, the only way I can get through, like how I've kind of tried to think about things now, is just detach myself emotionally from from the hurt so i just wasn't expecting anything um i kind of thought we'd be in the game till we got a couple of scores down and i thought if we got a couple of scores down you know the wheels would fall off and uh, unfortunately it did and uh yeah it was it wasn't it wasn't ugly the boys just really don't seem to be you know playing they, like they've got anything to play for which really is a fact even though they're paid professionals and they should be putting in there's just a lack of belief there's a lack of confidence and really, like, you know, as, as we, you'll get onto the news shortly, Josh, like, 
a lot of the performers are, are leaving the circus, mate. Like it's just it's an absolute shit show. You yeah. know, they're dismantling they're <laughs> dismantling the tents and the performers are leaving, and it's just it's you know like we just can't take it personally. It's it's not a reflection of us as supporters. It's just something we're going through, and if you don't get too upset about it prior, or you don't expect too much, then then you, you won't get too upset after the game. But yeah, it's just it's tough being a supporter, really. Like you just you, without hope, it's just very hard to support a team. And there was no way we were going to beat Canterbury yesterday. Just the boys' minds are not there mentally, in my opinion. They're, they're just not there. You can see it with some of our better players. They're just not performing anything like they normally do. So. Anyway, it's just another week, and now we get a week off. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have a little bit of uh, freedom from all that. The best place to watch all the action live and loud on the big screen for Game 2 of the State of Origin this Sunday as the Mighty Blues take on the Queensland Maroons is, of course, at West Ashfield. Kickoff is at 7.50 p.m., and you can enjoy the Gardens State of Origin burger and beer deal for just $19. For more information, visit West Ashfield's website, westashfield.com.au. Step up and play at the home of the West Tigers, West Ashfield, which are at 115 Liverpool Road, Ashfield. Terms and conditions apply. Drink responsibly. Before I get to the news, and we've got a couple of our callers, obviously this is an event pod, so we've got a couple of people I can see in the room ready to go. Um, we'll go to John first. So, John, uh, I'll bring you in in a second just after we hit a few news topics. Uh, as you see this comment from Rachel, she said some of the dog supporters were booing Alex Twell when he was on the ground injured. Did, is that... Yeah, they were. I could hear them. Like. Uh, there was one somewhere not that far behind me off on my right side, so in the next bay over because I was right on the edge of the bay that I was in, um, basically claimed that he was faking it. And then there was mm. another bloke and I think his kid who, uh, as he's being loaded onto a stretcher, calling him a drama queen. Well, classy. You stay classy, Canterbury-Bankstown, but... Um... Jesus Christ. A similar thing happened to me. So I was when I played rugby, I um I was playing fullback and I put a chip through and a guy basically coat hanged me and shattered my nose. And then so when for anyone who's had their nose shattered before, basically I, I went instantly blind. I don't know the technical reason why, but I couldn't see. So I fell to the ground and like I was in front of the opposition fans and they were all booing, like saying, Get up, like all the Typical rugby union think people think they're classy. They're not either. They're just accountants that are grubs. Um, but then they, I stood up and I literally had blood all over my jersey, and they just went instantly silent. But um, yeah, like to call out shit when someone's injured is just yeah. But um, yeah, I'm so glad I didn't go Bulldogs games. My wife refuses to go to. Panthers and Bulldogs games she refuses to go to. It's just um, the reputation they've built, unfortunately, which sucks because Sydney rivalry should be uh, – I mean, soccer fans are probably laughing at us because that's basically what soccer's built on is um, fans basically wanting to kill each other. But, yeah, just they're they're hard to deal with. And when they're winning, they're worse. uh, I thought my hatred for the Bulldogs was waning, but it was just because they were shit. Now that they're they one two in a row, I'm back to um back to hating them. Uh, 
Right, so a bit of news. So you kind of touched on it before the exodus. Uh, yeah, Rob, you were talking about play, yeah the exodus of players. Uh, uh, what's his name? Tyrone Peachy. Tyrone Peachy yeah, is his name. Yeah, he's asked uh, asked for a release, being given or being given permission to look elsewhere. Uh, your thoughts on yeah getting his getting a refund for his 350k they're saying for next year and possibly some of this year look as as we said with luch last week josh if we can get some sort of benefit from the cap i'm all for it uh you know you'd have to say why did we sign him in the first place like he's he really hasn't done much or provided much for the team this year the only things of note he's done were you know he scored a try i think against manly and uh, you know, pretty good try actually. And he's been in the sin bin twice, so he's really not a great loss. Um, a lot of blame tonight uh, being attributed to Madge for the signing by Buzz Rothfield, um, even though our chairman has said that there's a committee that presides over all that, and it's a group decision. So you know, we'll, we'll take it as it is. But yeah, look, if it, if it helps cap space, guys, Luciano, him, whoever else wants to go, they can you know, as you know, they can get the hell out of there really if they don't want to be there. So. Anything that benefits our cap is a bonus, but it's just really sad to see this year just absolutely dismantled within two weeks of the coaches sacking. You know, like it's just turned to a shit show. Um, yeah. and it, it's not pretty to watch, but unfortunately some of these things are necessary. And, you know, to be fair, if we're getting cap relief for both of those guys going, as much as we hate it, even with... McKaylee as well going a few weeks ago. As long, you know, if it's good for our club, then we've got to do it as ugly as it looks. And it just looks like, you know, we're, we're not even going to have enough players to, you know, field a team. So, yeah, it's, it's sad, but it's part of, you know, the harsh reality of footy at the moment. Comment by uh, Rose of Oz here. Hoping they're letting, hope it, hope, hoping they are letting all these players go because a new coach coming in has uh, the players he wants and ones he doesn't. I reckon that's, pretty much bang on the head because what I've heard, the more I've heard about behind the scenes with Madge, uh, I'm kind of with you, Rob, they should have just cut the cord at the end of last year in hindsight. But what I've heard inside word is that when Madge, basically when Madge started the job, they said, look, our cap looks like this, like it's a mess. They knew it was a mess. This is what you got to deal with. And apparently Madge got six months into the job and was like, um, I didn't know it was this bad. Like, to basically six months into the job, kind of crying that it, the job was too hard at hand. So I think they really want to clear the decks. Um, and they're not doing, I've been told, not even going to re-sign Jackson, um, Jackson Dane, Luke. Luke probably won't be anyway. But Jackson Dane and Adam... Um, it's like reading out bloody chapters of the Bible. Uh, yeah, get Jock <laughs> and Jock. Jock's the other one. Um, there's, I mean, there's heaps. So they're not gonna. They're literally doing no signings until we get a new coach. So um, that leads us to the the deadline because deadlines for some some reason deadlines are what this club um, like to publicly declare that we have. It's basically it kind of reminds me of like. Um, high school. It's like you, we throw it out there. To, there's a girl that you like, and so you you tell people there's a girl you like, and then you ask them 
ask him out and then basically say, well, I didn't like you anyway. Like, give him a deadline. Yeah. It's just, it's laughable, laughable. Just well, it, make, it makes me, Aldo's having second thoughts or not, Josh, because if that's maybe why they're given the deadline. He's obviously seen what we've put out the last couple of weeks and it's been awful. So if Sir Aldo is playing hardball, you know, good on the club for setting a deadline because we've got to make a decision. You, you, like the coach has to decide who he wants, for example, to play in the halves, as you just spoke about. So Seraldo would have his ideas on who he wants, but if he's not going to be the coach, they might turn to a John Morris or a, anyone else out there, and, and he might have different ideas on who he wants as halves or, or lock forwards or centres or whatever. So we really can't do much with the roster till we get a coach. So we, we have to get it sorted, and that's why I thought we'd actually have it sorted by now. Um, I really thought we'd have a coach announced, and I'm sure the Tigers want that announced as well to you know, bring a bit of hope back to the club and a bit of, you know, just sort of say, right, here we go, guys, we're back on track, we've got a coach, let him decide what he wants to do and we'll go from there. But until then, we don't have a coach, we've got players leaving left, right and centre, it's an awful look from the outside. So, yeah, we've got to get this coach ASAP and if Sir Aldo doesn't want it, and I wouldn't blame him for not wanting it, that's fine, but we've just got to get someone else who does want it and, and act fast. Uh, Alex on the YouTube, all this talk about Serato. What do you boys think? Would you prefer Serato or Flanagan? I go, look, I'm I want Serato basically, basically because the word is the players love him at Penrith. He's like more love than Cleary. I've heard at Penrith, um, and like Adams come out and said he likes Serato. Appy's come out and said he wants Serato to get like if the play if. If he's this attractive to get cattle in, that's that's good enough for me. Whether tactically he's the X's and O's that we need, man, we just need better players to sign for our books. If if he gives us that, that's enough for me. And what about you, As? What do you who's who's the coach you're hoping we get? I agree with you. Um, the other one that you didn't mention there was Garner when he was interviewed a few weeks ago. He said he preferred Seraldo not leave the Panthers, so obviously he wants to go play under him as well. So I think, yeah, I'm, I'm not too keen on Flanagan. There's just too much bad press around that. Obviously, um, Fox League would love it, but just in my eyes, because of the drama and stuff around the Sharks when he was there, just too much bad press, and I, we don't need more of that around the club than what we already get. So I think, yeah, for the same reason as you pretty much go with Seraldo. Mm. Mitch on Facebook, apparently Seraldo has visited a couple of times. Did, did I read right today, Rob? It was a seven-hour tour or something? I, I read the same thing. What would they have toured? I mean... Seven hours? My God. I, I can imagine maybe three hours of that being at Grappa Restaurant at Leichhardt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> three hours Three hours trying to find a car spot. Yeah, I, I just don't know what the seven-hour tour would involve. I mean, I, I guess some of it's the centre of excellence, but, yeah, there's really not much to see there. So, Even Gilligan's oh. Island was only, a, what, a three-hour tour? <laughs> well, I, I, look, he's got he's got to make a decision, guys, because based on where we are, if, if this all backfires on him after a couple of years, then he won't get a job anywhere else because we've seen what's happened to Trent Barrett. Uh, the, the scary thing I heard tonight on one of the TV shows was – if we get Seraldo, he might end up getting Barrett as an assistant coach. And like I'm like, oh, I mean, he was a good assistant coach at Penrith, no doubt. But well liked, Barrett was is well liked. So I don't know a, how I feel about that. 
you know, like you see what Canterbury were doing, you know, a month ago and what they're doing now. They're, mm. they're two different things. So I, I don't know, guys. I, I'm I'm torn. I, I agree with Aaron in terms of the the um, stigma we get with Shane Flanagan. I'm not a fan of that. When I just take away that whole uh, peptide saga with Cronulla and I look at just Shane Flanagan, the rugby league coach, uh, as Paul Kent has said, he took Cronulla from 14th to winning a grand final. So he can do the rebuild. Mm. I, I, listening to his commentary, I know we all bag commentators, etc. I actually find a lot of his commentary pretty good, to be fair. So I actually think tactically he's obviously like a, a pretty smart coach. So it wouldn't bother me that much now i think he's paid his penance or whatever but you know i, I just want some footy success guys whether it's him john john morris has got cronulla to semi-finals and and i think josh morris is uh john morris sorry has been given a bad rap in the sense oh he can only get them to the first week of the finals he had like a really young team and and a few old heads sort of leave there so i i think he's done well a lot of those young cronulla forwards and backs you know, came through him. So I think he could do a good job too. But, you know, obviously the Tigers want Seraldo. I'm not sold on Seraldo personally, but if that's who they want, then we've got to support it. So, you know, let's just see how it all pans out. But, yeah, we need a decision as soon as possible. Uh, the other bit of news is uh, Alex Twole. Pos- is it confirmed? He's He's, he's been basically I, I, out for the season with concussion. I don't think it's confirmed, but it looks like he will sit out the season. I don't think it's confirmed, though. Mm. Thoughts on uh, as Twally, if he we have not, haven't got him for the rest of the season, uh, just going from bad to worse for the team. Yeah, like I like I said on um, yesterday in the in the Discord when he went down, uh, he shorts up our middle so much because he's just a wall that other players can't get past it, it's going to be a huge loss mm. uh, for the team, for a, both a defensive perspective, team morale, because he, he's so good around the team too. Um, and it's also, it'd also be very, very disappointing for him to miss the World Cup because he definitely deserves to represent Lebanon as he's done previously. Um, I had a little bit of hope in the game yesterday, but that quickly evaporated once Twally was down because as soon as he was down, I was like, we're screwed. We're done. Yeah, and just having three on the bench, and one of them was a back. Like it, um, yeah, it was never going to turn out to be uh, what we wanted. Uh, just some low, the lower grade scores from the weekend before we go to our Venters uh, Jersey flag. They had a win, thirty to sixteen at Belmore over the Bulldogs. So good on the uh, under twenty ones boys getting the W. Over the Bulldogs, at least someone did because New South Wales Cup got smacked as well, forty-eight to twelve loss before, um, yeah, before the game at Combank. I was watching the Facebook stream of that, and it man, it just it was pretty eerily similar to um, first grade. Did you see any of the Cup game as when you were there? Sixty minutes of my life I'll never get back. That was yeah. it was poor. Um. Just- yeah, it's just, I mean, I still like to see Jock Madden and uh, Tupo and Jake Simkin get first grade runs. At this it was point. already 22 to 4 when I walked in. So I, yeah, I, I wasn't filled with confidence immediately when I got there. <laughs> it, um, 
yeah, the Facebook stream was a bit. I was trying to put up my TV and it was a bit jumpy, so it was like, yeah, it was pretty torturous watching that. And then into first grade as well. But um, and the Harvey Norman girls, they had a big win. They actually they were playing as we were going on to air. So they they have won. Let's see if New South Wales have updated their app. Forty-eight to twenty-two. Yes, that was actually to- yesterday, Josh. Was it the apps? Yeah, li- the app says it's live. So yeah, the app, the app hasn't changed to say it's to say it's no longer live anymore. There there was a okay. game between the Knights and the Roosters or something. I think that was tonight. We scored nine tries. Good on you, girls. Smashed it. So at least the girls, and obviously we've got the NRL W team coming in next year. So more hope. Good in way the, for the girl, uh, the female side of the club. Good way for the girls to uh, celebrate the announcement of the NRLW team getting a mm. nice big win over Wenty. Smacking Wenty, yeah. It, um, <laughs> uh, right, so let's go. I mean, the, we could talk about Brooksy possibly being dropped, but um, we'll save that for – the team list doesn't come out for another eight days, so we'll save that to see if that actually happens uh, next week and talk about that. Then, because we've got our callers uh, ready to go, John, uh, if you're ready, let's see if we can get him. I know he was having technical difficulties before. John, can you? Are you there? Can you hear us? Yeah, good day. How's going? Can you hear me? Beautiful, nice and clear, perfect, perfect. Oh, yeah. um, interesting. Um, just listening to your show there. Yeah, very interesting, thanks. boys. The interesting listening to you this morning on the uh, the big sports breakfast, giving us a plug. Thanks for that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. Uh, I'm just a passionate, disillusioned fan who as are we? has lost hope, fellas. I hate to say it, but I've just yeah, I, I keep looking at the club and trying to find a, a diamond in the rough, you know. And you, there's none there. There's there, there's just none there. I want to I want to talk a bit about the um, the emphasis on these kids that are coming through the so-called you know great generation best in 20 years mm. um whilst tim sheens to me is an icon of rugby league not just of west tigers he's an icon of rugby league um i i, I don't know whether put, putting all the eggs into this one basket we've done it mm. before hang on we've got a ceo here at the moment <laughs> who oversaw the loss of a absolute golden generation that, that included two of the best players in the game, James Tedesco and Mitchell Moses. Yep. Let alone the support cast that was around him under his watch too, your Pappenhausens, your, your Josh Cars, and your, your others that were all around there. So how can how can us fans have, have any faith that this next lot of golden kids that are coming through how, how can we have any faith that that's not going to get botched up either? No, we we don't really. It, we don't. Um, and 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 at the, the same time too. I mean, two thousand and fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, I remember thinking back then. Look, these kids. We're, we're give it a couple of years. We're going to be killing it. But it was. I remember two thousand and fourteen season. As soon as Robbie Farah went down injured. Was it 2014? Yeah, Robbie Farrow got injured. We'll go on all right. We smacked the Bulldogs, and then Robbie Farrow got injured for a few weeks, and then we we just fell apart. Um, yeah. 
that season, we were looking pretty good to make the finals and then just went on a losing streak after that. Because you got to, it's all well and good to bring kids through and you got to keep them, like you said, but you can't have a team full of kids. You even look at the Panthers, they've got, they got like some older heads thrown in amongst their, their core of kids. So you can't just have 2005, we had Scott Prince and Scando and Brett Hodgson sprinkled amongst mm-hmm. the kids. Yeah, you can't just have rely on kids no. alone. No. And Laurie Daly actually alluded to this on that big sports breakfast last week. He was talking about the uh, this next lot of kids that are coming through with the Tigers. He said, you know, in his time in rugby league, when you've had an outstanding junior team, you're really you're lucky if you get three or four of them that actually actually progress to first grade. Mm. So where's the where's the rest coming from when we've got a club that at the moment you'd, you'd have to have your head red. With all respect, you'd have to have your head red to come to the Tigers. It's a, it's it's I uh, going on to a, another thing too where uh, with our fans like a, a portion of our fans. And I, I mean, I love them all. We, we're all hurting. I get that. We're all. In all of this, we are brothers and sisters, man. We are hurting so much. The conversations I have with family members and everybody, and, and I'm the second of four generations of Tigers fans, you know, like um, we're, all, we're all in pain. But when are some of our fans going to stop venting on players and coaches that have come and gone and have a look at what the common denominator is as to the problem at the club. It's the hierarchy because they have overseen what's become an absolutely toxic culture at, at, at the club. You know, through whatever, the loss of great players, what, what, it, what the, the way in this all began when they publicly slit the throat of one of the most decorated players this club will ever have. I will never forget what they did to Robbie Farrell. I couldn't mm. care less if we won the next 10 premierships after after this year. That will always be something that I will never forgive the club for what they did to that man. And it's just progressively got worse. Yeah. I heard you guys talking about the salary cap issues that Madge was told about. Mate, I have it on some, you know, look, I'm no, I'm no scoop artist, but yeah. I have it on some reasonably good authority that Madge was not given a totally clear indication, in fact, quite a foggy indication he was given of what the salary cap really was to the mm. extent that he literally had Latrell Mitchell signed until the full impact of how bad the cap was was realised. And then you look at even since then, I, I do not believe for one moment that a, that, that a coach of the calibre of Michael Madge completely lost his rugby league now inside two years. I, I, I cannot believe that. So you have a look at the way, look at the structures of the signings and look, are we, are we still learning about the cap and can it be blamed on the coach? It seems to me like we signed Jackson Hastings. We've got him, Adam Dewey. We signed Tyrone Peachy. What does it smell smell like to you, Blake? To me, it's trying to put out one spot fire, and that is, and I, and I don't want to attack Brooksy too much because Brooksy loves the club. I get that. 
But it seems to me that we made a, a, a batch of signings just in case Brooksy doesn't play well. We can, we can move Hasties there. We can move Peachy there. We can move Adam Dewey there. It, it just shows, again, that, that and hopefully things now do change with Tim Sheens. I don't want to be totally negative. It just shows we did not learn anything. So how can we blame a coach of the calibre of Michael Maguire for that situation? Michael Maguire could not have lost his, his rugby league now in just a couple of years. That alone, to me, is evidence of there is interference in player recruitment outside of people who are directly into the supposed day-to-day football running. And there is a common denominator. The common denominator in all of this is the CEO. And like I said on the Big Sports Breakfast this morning, I'm sick to death of hearing his corporate talk. He gets out there and talks. To me, the first time I heard the guy talk, I thought, mate, you're gonna, you, you would be a good politician. <laughs> it's, we, I'm fed up with hearing about how good the finances are of the club and everything else. When are we going to just get to even 40% of our potential? Because at the moment, we're barely on 10% of it. Mm. When are things going to change? How long, you know, they talk about, uh, they talk about oh, we've got 20,000 members. That club should have 50,000 members. Absolutely. That's how big West Tigers could be if it was run properly. And it's not. And they're going to be losing a lot more before they get people signing up. Every day I'm speaking to someone that says, I'm not renewing my membership. When are they going to wake up? Rob, uh, John, John's speaking a lot of um, lot of your language here. Yep. Anything to add to what he said there? Yeah, a, a few things. Uh, I agree with you about the Robbie Farrer thing. Uh, just to let you know too, John, uh, Robbie never, ever bagged the club once. Nah. Like, I'm with him on a daily basis, he never bagged the club once, even nope. through all. He did, he did bag Taylor. And he actually said to me, he goes... I put up with a few, few a, a few lean years, so I could play with some of these kids coming through, like Tedesco and Moses and Brooks. And he's the one that saved Tedesco, if you remember, when he signed with Canberra. Yeah, Canberra. Um, what what I would say to you though, John, I mean, look, clubs like the Roosters that don't have a junior base, they will attack our stars if we're not going well. So we might have a problem keeping them. But I would say to you too, we did have a crop come through. 2003, 2004, 2005. And it wasn't just Marshall and Farrah. It was Gibbs. It was Heinington. It was Fulton. It was Bronson Harrison, et cetera, et cetera. So we can have a crop that comes through. What, what the, look, I think the cap has been fixed now and we'll never be in a position again. I'll give you a couple of examples. So I reckon if Jackson Hastings is the Messiah, as Josh likes to call him, okay, and we wanted to upgrade him, say, in 2019. Because, say, the Roosters, for example, just to name any team, offered him seven hundred thousand, and and he's got to be upgraded from three hundred to seven hundred. We would have had to let him go three or four years ago. We wouldn't have been able to make that upgrade. Now, I think we're in a position where if someone comes through and shows their wares, we can afford it. Because if you if you go back four or five years, John, you probably remember um, Blake Austin. We plucked him out of reserve grade from Penrith. Uh, yep. We plucked Martin Tapau out of Canterbury. They played unbelievably well for us. They're actually great signings that our recruitment identified. 
and said they can add something to our club and we got them. The problem was when they showed how good they are, we couldn't compete with Manly. We couldn't compete with Canberra for the money. And, and to be fair, I don't even think Jason Taylor wanted any him anyway. But the point was, even if we had to, had the, we couldn't give them the money they deserve. So we we're always in this vicious cycle because our CEO paid the likes of the Reynolds and the Queens, et cetera, too much money. Then when someone did show that they were good or someone came through the juniors, we had no money to save them. I think now we're, we're not in that position. Well, I think the exception of that is Luke Brooks. And it's not Luke Brooks's fault that he's on close to a million dollars a year. That's, you know, he's good on his manager and, and how stupid is our club to have even given him that sort of money. But other than that, I think we're in a good position. We've knocked back Nakora. We've knocked back Jack Bird. We're not falling for those overpaid signings. So I don't think, I, I think Sheens is right that it will come from the juniors. But how do we stop, you know, like the next gun kid saying, hey, come and stay with us. Don't go to the Roosters and play with Suwali and Sam Walker and Tedesco and all these, you know, Brandon Smith. That's going to be our problem. And, and that's the club. The club will have to work that out. It's not for us to work out. But hopefully we build a culture, you know, within our club where they'll want to stay. And, and we've, got, we've got a bond of a few guys that have <laughs> grown up. They've won these Harold Mats. They've won these sort of comps. Um, yeah, I, I hope that'll work. But you're right. I, I don't think I think Tim Sheens is right. We're not going to get success from outside. No one's going to want to come to the club, especially what after the crap we've pulled the last couple of weeks. So yeah. um, I don't. Have you got anything to add on that, Aaron? To be totally honest, I haven't really. Um, well, my first few years of membership and supporting the team as heavily as I do now, I didn't really have much to do with. Uh, or much knowledge of the goings on behind the scenes with the board, the CEO, uh, that sort of thing. Um, the first time I had anything to do with any of that was a members event in, I think it was 2018. It would have been, yeah, it was a pregame members event in 2018 um, for the third year members where Pasco came, uh, had a chat with us and made a bit of a speech about the club's financial status or something along those lines. And uh, we're on the way up and things like that. Um, and none of it's come to fruition. And I've noticed, especially since 2020, just how poor the management has been. Um, I obviously knew about the Robbie saga and how bull crap all of that was. And um, that's not how you treat a legend of the club, regardless of anything that's going on. Um, but for me, that I lost a lot of respect for him with that um, and knowing more about that and what went on behind the scenes there. But the moment he truly lost all respect from me uh, was when he rocked up onto uh, to film Tiger Town last year from home or whatever, and he was mm. in his in his Sunday best, or he just dressed like a homeless person. Like, what sort of representation does that give of the club? How how can you convince anyone to come to the club? I think, and I think he also showed up to. Uh, meetings with uh, potential signings as well, dressed like that. Um, wow. Like, how, how the hell are you going to convince players to come to the club if your CEO, the bloke at the very top of the club, is dressing like a homeless man? Like, what, what, what are you doing there? How, how are you bringing players to the club, or how are you making it seem enticing for players to come and play underneath you? if that's the the face that you're presenting or the image yeah. that you're presenting. I, John, I agree with pretty much everything John said. Yeah. 
Anything else to add, John, before um, oh, just, we'll just on, on, on just, just on pa- Justin Pascoe's appearance. I mean, yeah, I, I, I get, I totally get what you're saying about that. I mean, it's not, it's not professional looking, but it's, it's beyond that, fellas. You know, I agree. The seven years of one mitigating disaster after another. It's just, we know them all. There's no need to go through them. We know them all, and. To front up to media and portray this, you know, this image of prosperity, that's just taking us fans for mugs. That, that is just completely taking us for idiots. And, you know, unfortunately, Lee's uh, comments, especially to Rob, which I, I found disgusting, to be honest with you. I mean, regardless of how, how passionate Rob was the other day, that's that Rob was just a fellow who was just in pain from what we've been going. I mean, I, I got a I got a phone call from Dean Ritchie this morning after I went on the big big sports breakfast to talk to me about what what I what I discussed. And Dean said it himself. He said, Look, he said, you're angry. You're showing your passion. He said, there's a lot of Tigers fans out there that are angry. It's what what is the chairman doing? threatening and attacking and, and questioning the integrity of the people who have helped build this club, the fans. And, and, and look, Rob, I listened to what you had to say about, you know, the you know we've had good duties in the past and, and it was Tim Sheens that was around the club and was able yeah. to get those duties in the first grade. But you know what, mate? As long as this board is around, the people that are running at the club, unless they change their way, unless, you know what, unless they get on there on their numerous bloody media media interviews and say, you know what, we fucked up. We fucked up and we're going to learn from this. We've we've done the wrong thing. We have not been, there's been no clarity, but we promise you in the future we are going to change this. Until that type of attitude comes from the club because mate you can't build culture with dishonesty Mm. you cannot build culture by treating your fans like they're irrelevant or they're inferior to the way you think that is where jack gibson used to say it begins at the front office why you've got a front office that is as incompetent as what we've got now i have no confidence I have nothing but fear for the future. And that's where it, that's where it's all going to change. It has to change there, right at the top. If yeah. they can't do it, walk away. Get yeah, away John, from that club. John, to be fair, to be fair, and like it's, not, it's really not nothing that's been said publicly, but a couple of members have showed me uh, replies to their emails from Lee, and his words were um, he's actually admitted that they've gone around. Mm. So for, for want of a better term, he is actually admitting privately that, you know, we can be better. We're trying our best. We've, we've put more money into the football department. And he is admitting that we've got things wrong, which is great. My problem is, in, in particular with uh, Pasco, is he's been there double the length of time. He doesn't put any money in the club. And it's one thing to say you've done things wrong, but, you know, we, we need we need a new leader, guys. We need a new CEO. We need, we need a new look like, okay... If yeah. I if I if my mate if I've made a bunch of mistakes over seven years, 
I just fall on my sword and say, guys, you know, okay, look, I've got you into a financial position now, but surely the club can move forward from there financially. We need someone that can do everything, not just the financial commercial side of it. So at least Lee's admitting to the members that they've got it wrong. But, okay, you're getting it wrong and you still keep it there. Like, coaches are getting it wrong and we're sacking them, you know, and or we're sacking players or we're doing this. It's just got – everyone's got to be – put their hand up and say, you know, if, if I do something wrong next time, I've got to go for it. And we don't see any of that. We've seen seven years of it. So, yeah, you're definitely speaking my language, John. But, um, yeah, it's been good having you on, buddy, really. And, by the Cheers, way, Dean, Dean Ritchie is going to run – he sent me a message tonight. He's actually going to run – with. he's written the article and – um, his uh, paper are going to run with it tomorrow or the day after. Great news. about about our yeah. interaction, our uh... yeah, about, about our interaction yeah. with Lee. Yeah. yeah, thanks for your time, uh, fellas. Great show. I really enjoy it. Okay, thanks, thanks for coming on, mate. Thanks, thanks, thanks John. Thanks, cheers, mate. Oh, thank you. See Up you, the mate. Tigers, boys. Up Good the you, Tigers. Thanks, Go thanks, tigers. John. Thanks. Uh, righto. So, uh, Hodjo, are you there, buddy? Hello, lads. Can you hear me? I can, nice and clear. What's hell are you on this Monday evening? Oh, mate, probably the same as everybody else when it comes to rugby league. But uh, yeah. it's what what can you do? I guess I took a little bit of a different approach than what a lot of people have taken um, in regards to the rant, like the the rant pod. I guess. Yeah, that's I good. actually went. Yeah, I actually went looking for what our problems were. I'm a bit. Of, I like my stats. I like going deep diving into the statistics side of things. So I kind of wanted to start at the top and kind of have a look at our engine room and how our engine room compares to the good, the medium and the mediocre. Um, when we relate to the rest of the, the competition, I guess. Yep. So I kind of went through and sussed out a bit of a comparison. I don't know if you want to show it, Josh, or not. Or yeah, you I'm, just, me to talk I'm, through just, it? I'm just bringing it up now. Um, yeah. So, I kind of picked... won't be this big for that long. Give me a second. Yeah. So I kind of picked our engine room, which for me is um, Tamo, Zane, Joffa, and Twali a little bit. And I kind of tried to compare it to who I think is probably the best prop in the comp, which is Haas, a good up-and-comer in Tarpany, and someone I wouldn't sell like I wouldn't trade for ever in Vaughan and just wanted to do like a little bit of a comparison as to the way they do things and get your guys feedback to be honest um the only thing I didn't put up there is minutes per game and they're all roughly the same like Tamo's about 50 Haas is about 60 Tarpanay's about 50 just under 50 for um for Vaughan but statistically there's not really a nice way to say this. We're actually woeful in the engine room. Now, for me, before, if you had, if we had had this discussion, I would have said our backs are our biggest issue um, because that's where we've been getting a lot of the breakdowns in play. But when you look at statistically our running game in the middle, it's actually atrocious. Um, and the person that people probably give the most grief to when it comes to the their running game is probably Alex Twal, and I haven't got Twali's stats up there, but he actually is in less minutes, a, like got a better performance than Joffa, and I think Joffa's having a good season. So I guess when you look at the comparison, the reason I put it up there is I just wanted to show actually how poor our middles are, 
And I actually, like, I'm a huge Tamo fan. I love him as a leader. I feel sorry for the bloke having to get up every week and face the <laughs> face the wrath after every loss. But the statistics, the statistics are pretty horrific. Um, we basically have two forwards that see over 100. One comes off the bench, which is Twali. The other one is um, Joffa. And the amount, I guess the amount they're involved in the game is the thing that kind of shocks me a little bit. Like, obviously, Haas, like Haas is probably the best prop in the game, and he's 16 hit-ups a game is getting a bazillion metres. But someone like Paul Vaughan, who I think is a pretty rubbish footballer, he's playing first-grade for NRL, so he's not a rubbish footballer, but I don't put him in the top echelon of forwards. Um, he is by far better than our front three, by far. If you have a look, even his, attack, his tackle efficiency. Now, you're talking in the... Well, up until last week, I would have said a worse team than us in the Bulldogs. Mm. He actually, more post-contact meters, more average run meters, offloads are immaterial, tackle breaks. Uh, I looked at tackle breaks as how hard they run the ball, to be honest. Um, like ta- even tackle efficiency, he's considerably better than our three boys. So I guess from a statistic point of, th- point of view, looking at the engine room, we are pretty bad and we've not really done a lot to adjust in the engine room in those in that front you know in your middle forwards we haven't really changed we're not really i don't know if we're bringing anyone in for next year so that's to me very below average um there are a couple of stats i also wanted to throw at you when it comes to all runs which is basically every time a person makes a hit up we don't have anyone in the top 35 Mm. 37th is dane laurie and he's done. He does fifteen a game, and Noffa is forty first with fourteen a game. We don't have a forward in the top sixty. For, this is per Which game, is, obviously. Per yeah, per game. Everything I do, everything yeah. on an average base, because otherwise, yeah, because if you miss, if you miss games, 20. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, someone's played twenty, it doesn't work. And then meters per game, we don't have anyone in the top forty-five. The person in the top, the only person in the top forty-five is forty-fifth, and that's Jackson Hastings. He, that's insane. Is our leading meter eater. And so he's half from, from yeah, so from the front of our field, from prop all the way through to fullback, our leading like our leading meter eater is our halfback, or our five eight, whatever you want to put him at the moment. That to me shows a pretty big discrepancy on our ability to make yardage. And the last one I wanted to bring up is post contact meters. In post contact meters, we don't have anyone in the top thirty five. We have Lucy at 38 and we have Twally at 40. So they are the only people in the top 50 for us. So for me, I think, and I, the reason I guess I was going back and doing this, I want to do second rows and go through it all personally. But for me, it looks like we literally, and we've talked about not having the cattle, yeah? We've always yep. talked about not having, you guys have talked about not having the cattle consistently. But, but we like, we're struggling to have, a forward with top 50 talent in the NRL. We don't have one. I know we're getting one next year. He's a big boy in Papali. He's up there and everything pretty much, but we don't have another forward in top 50 for talent. That's pretty scary. It's very scary. Mm. So I know uh, this, I guess this is my bit of a rant. My bit of a rant is like, we really need to be looking at forwards that are, we've talked about before, busting the line, hitting the line hard, getting his post-contact meters, 
I guess the most embarrassing thing would, for me was metres per game with Jackson Hastings as 45th as our leading metres per game guy. That's yeah. pretty pretty bad. Anyway, that's my rant. I don't know what you guys think of the numbers, but, you know, that's pretty scary for us, yeah. to, as, like, in the future, not just now. Aaron, you're a pretty big stats guy, but um, have you have you noticed something similar to what Hodge was talking about here? Pretty much. I think the two games where it was most noticeable were the two games against Souths. Even though we won one of them, they still demolished us in the meters made department. And then when we had the rematch against them um, before match got booted, we were even worse. Um, and for the most part, we've been worse all year. I've While Hojo's been talking, I've actually kind of just been trying to do a little bit of research to see if I could find roughly how many meters we had made as a club in the games played so far as a whole compared to whoever's on top. The Panthers are on top with uh, 27,712 um, for, from their, what is it? 14 games. They've had, they've uh, some played, half, half the, they played the extra one. The thing about totals though, half the teams would have played one extra game at the moment, but you, I mean, yeah, you could probably take off. I I'd say maybe, Twelve to fifteen hundred for the teams that have played the extra one, and you've probably still, and you've probably got close to the ballpark. So they've played that extra game. We take twelve hundred off. They're still sitting at twenty six thousand five hundred. I have, and the fifth, fifth is the Rabbits with twenty three thousand nine hundred sixty four. I would hazard a guess that the Tigers haven't even cracked twenty thousand, maybe not even eighteen thousand, because some of our games have been that piss poor. Mm. Rob, any thoughts? Guess, oh, there, no, go, Hodjo. I was just going to say, I guess the reason these stats were so alarming for me and why I thought I'd bring them up was we really, we really don't have go forward. So I can't see where the change is coming in the next few years. Like if you bring in a young prop into that, right, and he, he's going to get smashed because we're obviously not getting many metres from our regulars, and he's going to have to be a special kid to do something in that limelight, if that makes sense. The, I think the one thing I really wanted to take out with it is if you, like, I always thought, I thought Zane was running harder this year and he looked better, but the results are he's running the, running the ball nine times a game. Like nine times a game. That's up there with Kelmer stats, who runs it, what, two well, times no. a game. <laughs> so that's horrific for your starting front rower to run the ball nine times a game like I don't know and then when you go to the other side I love Jimmy but Jimmy's running it nine times a game so I, and no wonder our backs are cooked you know what I mean like I don't know I, the one thing that shocked me actually was I would have loved to and I haven't done it apologies but it would have been good to compare um, Kenny Mamalo with these boys because mm. Kenny Mamalo's running 20 times a game. Not going Justin, very far, apparently. Just in the disc, our Discord, Patreon Discord, Justin's just posted, Fox Sports Lab have us we're 14th in run meters. Only Newcastle and the Warriors are lower than us. Not a shock. But anyway, yeah. sorry. Rob, any thoughts on Hojo's point on the forwards here? Yeah, firstly, Hojo, they're unbelievably good stats, and, I, and I'm glad... 
someone has like brought these to light because I would never have picked these in a million years. Um, I think there's a number of reasons for our our own forwards numbers being down, uh, and there and there's a few. One, what bothers me about the the three props you mentioned from the other clubs, I think a lot of it comes down to the hooker, okay, and and giving those forwards you know the ball on the advantage line as opposed to say someone like Little who'll passing the ball two or three metres behind the advantage line. What bothers me is that Brisbane have got a rookie hooker in Billy Walters. Um, Canberra have got Wolford, who's basically in his first year. And Marshall King would probably be the only intermediate hooker or, you know, middle-of-the-road hooker, and he's with Canberra. It's not like they've got Appy Coruscant. Like, I think Appy Coruscant will give our forwards a few more metres. The other thing that it shows as well is that we're actually getting dominated in games and why I say that, I, I would say to you, and you, you challenge me if you think I'm wrong, Hodjo, I think some of those runs by Musgrove or Tamo or the guys you said are only doing nine runs a game, if you look at most games, when you kick the ball down the other end into the opposition area, generally your wingers and your centres do the first three hit-ups, right? And and then maybe our forwards will carry the, the fourth tackle or, or thereabouts or we'll get that go forward. When we're in the opposition half, we'll get our forwards onto the ball. Like, like our Ken Mamalos and our Nofalumas aren't doing hit-ups in the opposition half. So it just might even indirectly say that we're getting – a lot of our possession is in our own territory. And in our own mm. territory, that's where our backs would generally do the work to give the forwards a breather, you know, before they take the hit-up. So perhaps that's why the number of hit-ups are, are down. I'm, I'm just speculating. Like, I, I don't know for sure because you can use stats any way you want. But what I'd like to ask you, do you think it's just down to the in individual forwards or do you think that the hookers have got something to do or, or the fact that we don't have an elite hooker? Like, Farry used to engage the line. Harry Grant would engage the line. We, we don't have a hooker that just draws people into them or, or puts a fear that, hey, this guy could run like Grant could or Farrah could, where... Simkin and Little don't really do that much running from dummy half, and maybe that's why our forwards are just chewed up really easily. Like, what, what are your thoughts on that, Hodger? I genuinely think um, I understand the hooker part, and I think that pays a role. I'm sure there'd be a hundred like non non stats that need to go into these stats, if that makes sense. Yeah. But the thing that kind of I think gets me a little bit is, to me, it seems like the guys that really want it, the guys that go after it, like, yeah, but look, Paul Vaughan, I doubt, is in the opposition half as much as our boys. True. You know, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, That's yeah. A, it's kind of why it's kind of why I put him in there. I kind of put him in there because, all right, you could argue that Payne has, he dominates from wherever. He's just a freak, right? Yeah. Tarpany is the new up-and-coming. He's only moved to prop really this year, but he's quite dynamic as well. I don't see Paul Vaughan as dynamic. He's in the last place team. He's pumping out more like three or four more, and it's three or four more games a fair bit. Yeah. In the same amount of minutes. Do you know what I mean? So I understand that our backs our backs are probably well, I think our centers don't run the ball at all. I think our two wingers do a pretty good job. I agree. But but um our centers don't do enough, I don't think. And the hooker thing could play an issue, but I guess what I'm looking, uh, and I don't know how you boys feel, but I guess what I look for when I look at the Tigers, I'm looking for that one guy that comes out and just goes, you know what, today I'm going to throw everything at this and I'm going to run the ball 20 times 
And I'm going to be that guy that makes the difference. Yeah. And I just don't – I think we saw a couple of those games from Tamo in that run where we won a couple as well. I thought he mm. was – I think he had a few 170 metres, 160, 170. He was coming out and, you know, yes, he's a little bit older, but they were they were awesome. They were big games and they were big games for him. But I don't see Zane run it that much. I don't see Kelma run it that much. I don't see um, – I don't see Kelma run it that much. I don't see Lucy run it that much at the moment. He was doing a lot early on. So that yeah. means where are all our runs going? If our two second rowers aren't running, our two front rowers aren't running, no wonder we're not making yeah. any yardage. You know what I mean? Like no, I agree. I think you could I think you could factor all those things in, definitely. But the other thing that that really scared me, I think, and I don't know if we've brought up is the post contact meters. Um even Vaughan's averaging 62 a game, right? Our, our top's Joffa with 44.6. Now, I know there's a there's for Joffa and Vaughan, there's no difference in the amount of runs, really, or 0.5 runs per game. Yeah. But when you look at Zane and, and Tama, our post-contact metres are pretty, pretty ordinary. Mm. Now, I'm not okay. saying that they're bad players or I'm not doing any of that. You're playing in the NRL, so you're obviously one of the elite. But... Yeah. They're, they're, they're areas of concern when your big men aren't getting us on the front foot. Yeah. Um, Have you, you got these stats for someone mentioned it earlier? Stefano pre-injury, Stefano surely. I don't. I don't have pre pre-injured Stefano. I had a look at yeah. Stefano's, and I didn't want to put it up there purely because we would have been shredding him as well. And I don't think it's entirely fair. He's injured. He's young. Yeah. It's 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 a big deal to put, go Stefano. You've got to lead this forward pack when you've got two. You got thirty plus a twenty five plus a. You know what I mean? Like he should be if he's in the Panthers system, he's probably a superstar because he doesn't have to do half the workload he's got to do here. If that makes sense, I don't have him off the top of my head. I only did okay. really these guys and Twiley, yeah. but um, he's only played seven games, so his stats yeah. are going to be not great anyway. Rachel on Facebook mentioned, Rachel mentioned Sean Bloor might be that guy next year as well. Yeah, I think but, so. But yeah, we definitely, it's definitely be nice to, um, we were, there's, was talk that we're going to get, who's the guy from the Bulldogs that we kept getting linked to, the Tommy guy? Um, uh, oh gosh, Thompson? Thompson? Luke Thompson. Yeah, Luke Thompson. So, um. Yeah, but um, as you, off the top of your head, do you know any forwards? I mean, Nathan Brown is one that's tossed up. Do you think he still has that kind of in him, Hodjo? Is he the type of player? I, right <laughs> you're asking the wrong guy. I dislike yeah. that bloke with a fact passion. Um, not personally, I don't know the guy, but I dislike yeah. just the attitude Footy he has in the field. Yeah. He's just yeah, he's like. You get the meters. Though. Yeah. Well, yeah. Does he? Um, I don't know. He just he 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 looks like one of those dudes that's got a small angry man syndrome. He gets really angry, but I just don't know how effective he is. Yeah. Well, here you go. He averages ten hit ups a game this year. Sorry, I've got his stats up now. If you want. Yeah. Go. He averaged ten hit ups, hundred and nine meters, um, ninety three percent tackle effective. To me, he looks like more of what we have. If that makes yeah, sense. Right. Um. And, he has been coming yeah. off the bench though lately, hasn't he, though, uh, Hodjo? What's that, sorry? I think he's been coming off the bench lately. I don't think he's been starting. What's, what's yeah, his minutes? His minutes? 
He's yeah, minutes, I'm sure his minutes are down. His minutes are down for sure. Uh, his minutes are. He's, yeah, he's averaging. He's averaging about fifty a game, which yeah. is the same as our other boys. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. That's good to know. Mm. That's awesome, Hodjo. Yeah, it's you've added a lot of a uh, lot of smarts to this show that we don't otherwise have normally. Bringing the uh, the uh, the num the numbers and the stats and the research. Well, I'm um, going to go into second. I'm going to go into the back row next, and then I'll go into the backs if you want. This kind of, I'm more than happy to throw it up there, and you can discuss it. Mate, yes. come on, come on to discuss it with us. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, we'll do. Yeah, if you, it definitely as we because of the rest of the year. Uh, we don't probably not going to want to talk too much about the game on the weekend. 100%. We definitely want to start talking about <laughs> who, who the hell can we get into. Um, yeah, and definitely, yeah, look, whoever's a free agent, you know, this like, yeah, who's on the market? It's, yeah, because people throw out names all the time, but if, yeah, you've got a bit of um, the numbers to back up the argument. That'd be cool. Oh, Joe, yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for Good these on. things. We, we always like to get. A variety of um, different people talking about different things. We can't always just have people complaining about management um, over and over <laughs> again. You've added a bit of uh, a bit, of literally, literally a bit of color to the show tonight. So thanks, man. And, and facts, not opinions. Great. Yeah. yeah. No dramas, boys. Enjoyed it. Thanks for Thank the chat. Good one. Thanks, Ojo. See stuff, you in the Discord. Uh, let's go. Kathy, I made Kathy go last last time, so I won't let her go last this time. Kathy, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. How are you on this Monday evening? I'm okay. I'm okay. That seems um, like a, a common theme amongst us West Tigers. It's just the the sigh, the sigh. Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. Um, you know, Hodjo, that just put all those stats up. Yep. Could we? Could the fact that our um, we don't have a lot of possession and we don't have really great, you know, fifth tackle options, and we're always defending affect that as well? I don't play rugby league, so I don't know from that that perspective. But I just feel like we're always tackling as opposed to attacking anyway. As what are your thoughts on that? Definitely, um, absolutely. We we've had issues in the past just. It, the fatigue. Once fatigue comes into the game, it's a lot harder to to even make any meters on on attack. Mm, yes. um, and because we get fatigue so often uh, for crap calls or another reason or whatever else it it is, it could possibly be the the longer the game goes, the worse we get. We saw it against the rabbits a few weeks back. Um, we saw a bit of a get, bit of it against the dogs last night. Yeah, it's it's absolutely a factor. Um, I think one of the things I really wanted to um, explore a bit more is I, I feel that the players, like I agree, that they don't, that I just don't seem to be coming out to be playing for a purpose. I, I would think not getting a wooden spoon would be purpose mm. enough to, to put You'd some so. effort in. But um, our team hasn't, we've had a few like positional changes, but we haven't had a major change from the great, you know, effort we put in against the Eels and the Souths only a few weeks ago. And there are a couple of games we kind of could have won and we didn't. But can these sorts of decisions that the club's made and the, and the language that Sheen's used, you know, things like we're looking at next year, you know, pretty much this year's over, we're looking at next year, got, got rid of the coach, blah, blah, blah. Does that kind of instill into the players 
what are we going to come out here for every week? I mean, it just feels like such a um, a different team. Rob, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, Kathy. I don't think it was done deliberately, but, I mean, they've sacked the coach deliberately, which is fine. But it, it, like, like I've said previously, and it doesn't matter where you stand on Madge, if Madge believed in the players and Madge believed he could get more out of the players and we could improve and, and maybe get a few more wins, which whether he was right or wrong is neither the point. The fact that he believed they could get wins and the players believed in Madge, the fact that they've said, Madge, you've got to go, is also indirectly endorsing the fact that Madge is wrong. You guys mm. aren't good. You're not going to win games. We don't believe what he said. Therefore, they, they're sort of realising, well, hang on, deep down management don't think we're up to it because that's why mm. they're getting into the coach. We're not, we're not doing well enough. So, yeah, the whole thing's kind of falling apart. So, yeah, I think there's definitely a lack of confidence and a lack of belief. It, it's, it's clear to see. It's. I, I honestly think we even on yesterday we still could have beaten Canterbury if our guys had to go. Some, some of some of the stuff we saw yesterday was like even Nofaluma's try, as well as David Nofaluma did that set of six that led up to the try in their red zone. That was comedy capers. That was the most disorganised, ugliest set of six I've ever seen. And then and then to top it off, the kick from Brooks went backwards almost. And if Josh Adokar wasn't going for, a, a, you know, like trying to take basically an intercept and run 95 metres to catch the bomb, uh, Noffa wouldn't have scored. And it just worked out luckily for us. But we just looked disorganised. We looked lacklustre. I, I dare say Jackson Hastings touches it down a fair bit. Um, another thing, Kathy, with Hodjo's stats, he was saying that Hastings is up there with running metres. A lot of Jacko's mm. running metres are because the play's broken down and Jackson's, yeah. Jackson's too smart to give a hospital pass to someone so he tucks the ball under his arm and and does a hit up so i think you know probably 20 or 30 meters a game that jackson hastings gets in running meters are from broken down plays as well yeah. so so it's just yeah but there's just there's just no belief and i honestly don't see where we're going to win another game i i, I truly don't I, it's just it's laughable and now that we're losing players whether they're in first grade or not every week it's just there can't be much harmony there. Yeah, there. There really can't. I know. I know. Our coach said so post game that the guys show up to training happy and this, that, and the other. But then five minutes later into the press conference, he said, "Oh, I've got to try and put a smile back on the boys' faces." Well, yeah. yeah. You, you said they're coming to training smiling and they're happy, and then the next minute you're saying, "I've got to try and find a way to get them up." And he's also saying we're we're actually going to have a few more of these losses this year, which yeah. isn't really encouraging, is it? So. No. Yeah, I'm not. I'm actually so far have not been overly impressed by Noddy as a coach. I kind of feel like his um, his post uh, his conferences are, are quite scripted. Um, he's very much a company man, um, and to and to sit there and talk about unity amongst the group and I've got to keep these boys together and and they've got to stick together. And then the next day, the media report coming out that they're going to drop Brooks. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. But if, you know, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Brooks, but I'm also not a hater. I, I, I think if we've got forwards that aren't going forward and creating the room, then it's really hard for our halves to be doing a lot of creativity on the back of that. Um, but, you, you know, you're sitting in the room saying, I need to keep these boys together, we need to stick together, it's tough times. And then yeah. the next day you kind of get that news. It's, it's really convoluted, the, the language that's coming out of the Tigers. It's... um. 
it's very confusing. As a fan, it's really, really confusing. Yeah, Kathy, I, I never would have said this a week or two ago, but having seen the, the rubbish we looked like yesterday and the mentality we went out with yesterday, you know what I reckon they should do? And I, like I said, I never would have suggested it a couple of weeks ago. I reckon Tim Sheens needs to see out the rest of the year as coach because he's 70 years old, he's respected. If he says something, these blokes are going to listen. He's the head of football. He's not the coach that's going to be there for three or four weeks until we announce a new coach. He's got respect. He's got authority. If he says, get out there and do it, I, I think the attitude will change. I don't think they're going to play for Kamali. And and that's really wrong. They should be playing for the jersey. They're paid professionals, et cetera, et cetera. But I think Tim Sheens needs to get a voice in the game, you know, pre, pre-game and, and all week and just have his fingerprints all over the team a bit more until we get the interim coach. Because honestly, as an outsider looking in, it looks like they don't give a shit. It really doesn't, uh, and, and it's sad to say. Yeah. Anything, no, so, anything else? Yeah. Anything else, Kathy? Before we no, I just move think they all just need a really big mama hug and um, <laughs> and some sort of group, you know, kumbaya session or something. Um, yeah, just to, another, to find trip something. Kerrigal, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> or the sand dunes, either either or something that um something that changes. Changes their um, mindset, but thanks, guys. I appreciate it. No, thanks, thanks for coming on again, Kathy. Um, and thanks for you. We always see you popping up in the uh, in the comments and supporting the show. We really appreciate it. Kathy with a K. Thanks. Kathy, Kathy with a K. K. That's me. <laughs> say hi to mum and dad for me. I didn't know oh. which Kathy it was. I didn't want to say anything. No, that's all right, Rob. I will. I'll, I'll pass that on. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Good on you. See Bye. you, Kathy. Bye, Kathy. And the other, thing they, the other thing they could do is get uh, Ronnie Palmer's box of magic dust back out again. Yeah, uh, yeah. It worked wonders against Manly that day. It did. <laughs> uh, Anthony, are you there, buddy? Sorry to make you the caboose of the show, but uh, no, no that's all right. Can you can you guys hear me? Yeah, sounding good. Yes, yes, sweet as, sweet as. Um, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I I don't know what to say after that game. Hey, like I've kind of sort of sat down and I've tried to analyze myself being the new head coach, like walking into this team and I look at it and I'm sort of thinking like, where do you go? Where do you go with this team? Like where, where does the problem start and where does the problem end? And I think I sat there for like hours on end on Saturday, on Sunday night, sorry. uh, And just thinking, man, like, you know, is it the players or is it the management? Like, is it their lack of attention to detail trickling down into the players and then that like goes on their performance of the game so i know i'd just like to get your opinion like where if you're the head coach like what's what's kind of the first thing you're going to do to like sort this schmozzle out as any ideas the team just needs some ticker shove a rocket up their ass or something they need some sort of motivation to get out there and essentially do their effing job that's the main well, thing exactly for- like well that's right i mean like if you look at it from your perspective like you in a job right if you walk into a job and management are useless which i mean hey look most management are pretty useless in most jobs anyway i'm sure everyone's been through that um you know it rubs up to you and then you know you sort of look at it and go well what's the point of me trying if management don't care about me and that's exactly what's happened with the team like madge in that little period of time, like those two games we won early this year, I 
was on top of the world. Like probably most Tigers fans are, mate. Like when Jackson Hastings kicked that field goal, I screamed like a hyena. Like it was yeah. embarrassing. I was lucky Same. my roommates, yeah, my roommates went home because man, like I've, I jumped like a little girl. It was almost like the same when I was a kid when I saw the grand final. Um, and, you know, like to, to see that, I thought like, this is it. Like, this is the change. This is the Tigers moving forward. And I had high hopes. I was, you know, telling everyone, this is it. Jackson Hastings is like the next Benji Marshall slash Scott Prince, et cetera, et cetera. And then the moment I saw Madge getting sacked, I was like, that's it. This is going to be the worst day in Tigers history. And we're just going to hit the ground so hard that we will, like, we will get the wooden spoon, in my honest opinion. And unfortunately, I think that the wooden spoon isn't going to save us. Management will stay. The board won't get sacked for it. And it'll just continue to move on to something worse. Uh, like, I don't want to think like that. But that's just the way I see it now. I just go by the week as it goes on. I just think that even getting the wooden spoon isn't going to fix us. Like something desperately needs to change. And I, I personally, I just don't know what it is. Like I've been wanting to vent to people for ages about this, but unfortunately I live in Queensland. <laughs> no one's a Tigers fan up here. So I've just got Broncos supporters. Um, I, I like to call them the fake plastic fans. You know, everyone goes for Broncos now because they're winning. Yeah. So unfortunately, I don't have anyone to have a chat to about it. But yeah, I think like uh, just to go on about the team again, the biggest thing I always take away from Tigers games for many years, actually, is there a lack of attention to detail. You look at the top teams like the Storm, Roosters, Panthers, players like Cameron Munster, when they do something, it's calculated every time. It's because they train for it. As a pro professional player, that's your job. You've got to train for every event. Anything you're doing, you know, you're there to make sure that you're executing at the top level performance. Because again, like I said, that's your job. Then you look at the weekend. Um, there was a moment in the second half. I don't know if you boys caught it, but Kelma uh, was trying to go for this attempted try, which was honestly probably the worst attempt I've ever seen someone go, you know, trying to go for a dive. And yeah. James Tamo was standing on the try line and blocked him. He just stood there and didn't move. He blocked his try like Jimmy did a try saver. I don't know if anyone caught that, even the guys watching the podcast. But when that. I saw that, is that when, when he I handed that, the ball back? He kind of handed the ball back to him. No, we're running, we're running um, left to right as you're watching on TV. Yeah. Brett left to right, and he's literally about to score. He's a meter and a half out, and James Tamo's legs are in the way. It was about 10 meters. To the like to the near side of the camera, like right right of the post that we were yeah. attacking, and and he was going to score, and Tamo got in the way, and it just it, I just it was just like, ugly. It, <laughs> it's just a bit like when I saw that, I thought you know there you go, the lack of attention to detail, just exactly. no no ticker, no energy, no no wants, you know, no like even Kelma, like there was just no wants into scoring that try. It doesn't matter, you're down by forty. 50, 60, 80, it doesn't matter. Like, at least play for yourself, mate. Like, you're a professional football player. If I even had five minutes to get on that field and play for the Tigers, I would pour my heart and soul into it because I love the club. Love it. And these guys go on there and they put that shit up for 80 minutes. It's just, like, I can't... I'm done with this year with watching another game. Um, I still, like, I watch every NRL game regardless, even Tigers games, all of them. I love my footy. Um, but after after that performance in particular, Luke Brooks, if I see him in the top 17, I'm not watching another game. That's just abysmal. Like, I mean, people can disagree with me with that, but 
just his performance that whole game, including the two or three kicks I think he kicked out on yeah. the ball, were just like as as someone who has been in the NRL for nine years or eight, however long it is, to have nearly two hundred NRL games and you still go on the field and play like it's your first ever game, you need to check yourself out and, you know, bring yourself into reality and realize how can you consistently make rookie errors when you're nearly close to 200 NRL games? Like that's just unheard of. In any professional field, if you're in a job of eight or nine years and you still make the fundamental mistakes, the most basics, like you're sacked within two or three years of your job, like Major, all these head coaches that keep getting sacked, but we'll just continue and let, you know, Luke Brooks and whoever else just make the same dumb mistakes and just, it gets looked over. So unfortunately, like I love to watch another game, but just after that, I can't like, it just mentally stresses me out too much. And I'm just trying to look for more positive insights in my life. And the West Tigers are definitely, definitely not one of them for this year, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. Luke Brooks Island is definitely, uh, uh, I was well, never on uh, it. I was probably on it. I was on it on his yeah. I was on it on his debut game, and then offered pretty much the next game. Yeah, yeah. he's he's just yeah. They, I mean, the execute. You talk about execution. It looks really good. I think a lot of this is Jackson Hastings' leg. Mm-hmm. I reckon a, a lot of a lot of what Luke Brooks happened to have more touches, and it's 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 pretty obvious. Jackson Hastings had like a hundred touches before he got injured and now I think he's in the 60s or something like he's just his workload mm. is well down so it's pretty obvious so if his workload is down Luke Brooks's workload is up so exactly it's just yeah, that's 100 percent right so I think um yeah this is too much Brooksy and when Brooksy kind of had that second fiddle role he didn't look too bad but now that he hasn't got Jackson um playing his best yeah, playing 100%. It, um, yeah, it makes you wonder, do we just shut Jackson down, let him get the surgery and think about next I, year? But, um, I, w- I, but I would like I, to see him play with Adam and build a oh, combination with Adam as well. I um, like If they're going to throw the bin in the season, which everyone knows they have, I'd love to see Jock Madden get seven for the rest of the year, in my personal opinion. I think Jock yeah. has a lot more to offer. Like Jock does everything better than Luke Brooks, but defense. Yeah. So I would love to see Jock seven um, and yeah, Dewey at six. I never want to see Hastings Hastings 13. I keep hearing it and it just really annoys me. Like Hastings is our best number seven. When someone is in your team as the best number, they have to play that position regardless. The fact mm-hmm. that he's going to get moved out of it or continue talks, it's just, it's not on. Like Hastings is our number seven moving forward, hopefully. Uh, but in this interim, I think that he just needs to have the season off and let Jock play because I honestly think Jock has a lot more to offer, especially after that Bulldogs game where he had pretty much the game of his season and then gets dropped for Luke Brooks, which still I question to this day. I just want to see how he goes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, he's off contract. Let the kid fight for a contract. Like, letting him um, come in and prove, like, he might he might be the future. Like he, you're not going to know if this kid is the the next the next thing that we need if we don't don't play him and just keep running with Luke. There's no point running with Luke Brooks. So I mean, the the reports are that next week that's probably what's going to happen. And him coming off the bench doesn't show him off well enough. But um, yeah, that game against that Leichhardt against the Bulldogs was very impressive. 
punk I jock. Was, definitely. Yeah. Let the kids give. I want to see the kids play. Like when, as Rob said, we're probably not not going to win a game. At least let me see these kids. Let these kids throw them in the deep end, get the game experience, and then come into next year. They've kind of had their um their hazing or whatever, and we know we start to know which of them are worth hanging around and developing. So, um, yeah, make it make a lot of good points there, Anthony. Anything to add to what Anthony said there, Rob? Yeah, a couple of things, Anthony. I don't think uh, Kamali did any favours with the team he selected yesterday as well. To have mm. to have to have Dwayne and New Brown on the bench is absolutely stupid. Yeah, we, weird. We were a forward line. Absolutely. Uh, and then we lost to forward. Yeah, like you, if someone got injured, AD could have played centre. He could have played in the halves. Um, you know, we could have moved Brooksy to hooker if there was a problem with the hooker. So, so New Brown was there as a backup hooker and, and then to play a couple of other positions. So I, I think that's a really poor thing. One thing I'm disappointed with Kamali on, and, and look, Kamali's just been Kamali, but in the press conference, he said, oh, look, I'm happy with how the boys tried. You could probably say they tried. If it was me, I would have ripped him in the dressing room for not playing with any belief. I, I don't think they played with any belief. And we're kidding ourselves if we think, like to me, when you're trying, it's trying with a commitment and a belief to win. Those guys didn't have any commitment or belief they were going to win yesterday. And that that's what disappoints me. So he needs to be a coach and just tear him a new one and say, it's not acceptable. Not come into a press conference and say, oh, we might have three or four more of these losses. The next team they pick for New Zealand, if there aren't three forwards that play, you know, prop or second row or something, three big boppers that can play in the middle on that bench with one utility, then we may as well not even show up, guys. We, we, that's just, it's, and then Twally gets injured in the first 90 seconds. And so we're basically down an extra forward again. It was, we never had a chance, even if the boys' heads were switched on. Yeah. So. Um, I don't know if you heard previously, Anthony, I just, I just said to Kathy, I almost think like a, a Tim Sheens just needs to get in there and, and, and you know, oh, at least they'll, they'll kind of listen I, to him. No, no offense. I, 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 he's not trying, mate. He's, he's, just, he's just not respected. I don't know for whatever reason. They're, they're just like, like I said, it's just like we're in limbo and, hey, this bloke's here now and he's saying all this. Let's, let's listen to him, but you'll be gone in a few weeks and he's not really our coach. So I, I just think the whole thing is is a mess right now, but... But having two utilities on the bench, that's that's part of the reason that Sheen's got sacked in 2012. Like that's mm. that's that's the stuff we don't want to see anymore. The the modern oh. game, you just can't be carrying two blokes like that. And and, and the other thing too, if we're trying to win, do you really put Dwayne on a 24-6? Seriously? Like yeah. I know we want to that's like like why didn't we just play him in New South Wales Cup and say, Adam, as soon as you're tired, mate, or you want to rest. Put your hand up, and we'll, and we'll get your match fitness up that way. Don't bring him back in first grade to play. Tw- and look, he he did really well. Don't get me wrong, but it, it I just don't get it. If we're trying to build up his match fitness, put him in cup and give him forty minutes. Give him as much time as you feel he's needed. Don't mm. don't carry him on the bench when we could have had another forward there. We could have had New Brown and another forward, or Adam Dwayne and another forward. So yeah, well, just put him, put him in the centres. Like he's your workload in the centres isn't as high anyway. Like, just, I mean... See, I have a like, different take on that. I I personally, I might be the very big minority here. I personally don't see Dewey as a centre. Like, he's a number six. Number six but it's just somewhere to, nothing. Just, 
but just to give, I, I, yeah, I, I, get I agree. That. He's a long-term six, but just to, to ease him back, ease him back through the centers, not through the bench, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, it, to go on, like Rob, I agree with you one hundred percent. Kamali is out of his depth. Like he's well out of his depth. He's got no idea what's happening, and you can see it on the field with the way the boys are performing. It's like twenty twenty-one all over again, but ten times worse. And how do you get worse than twenty twenty-one? Um, he just, like, personally, I agree with you. Sheenzy either needs to take over or just have no coach and just relegate the Tigers out of the NRL because at the current time, I personally prefer that <laughs> than I watching them. Yeah, like, that's really bad to say. I don't want to say it about him, but, mate, like, Kamali's just, even in the press conferences, like, he's got nothing. He just, he almost looks like he's a ro- he's, he's like a robot. He just sits there and just kind of, has this very motionless look and he kind of pans around the room and goes, oh, um, yeah, well, yeah, the players just need, um, you know, just belief and just like, mate, like you literally have no idea what you're talking about. You're probably just reading off the, like a prompter or something because you're yeah, well out of your depth for a head coach. The guy's not a hiding to nothing, but I said last week, I said, guys, I said, Kamali's biggest job isn't like what players, he, like gets on the field, it's getting him up mentally. And he wasn't, he wasn't able to do it. They, they weren't up for the game mentally. They weren't. They didn't have the belief. They didn't have anything. And and some of the stuff, as I said, that he said in the press conference was so contradictory. So I, I don't know. I, I just like to see Sheen get in there if we're not going to announce a coach real quickly. So Sheen, Sheen's – and even if we do get Serraldo, Serraldo's going to stay at Penrith till the end of the year. He's not going to leave immediately. So I, I'd like to see Sheen step in because I think the players will think twice about messing with Sheen because he has got that authority about him where – no, no disrespect to Brett Kamali. I don't think he's got that respect from a coaching point of view. Like, as a player, he was brilliant. Like, you know, he played halfback for New South Wales and made Andrew Johns play hooker. So, Brett Kamali knows the game inside and out. I'm not questioning his knowledge of the game, but just as a coach, I, ju- I just don't think, you know, you look at our scoreline, we've had 36 and 30, like 66 points in two games. You know, that's, that's you know, like that's worse than anything Madge's put out this year. I, I, I Absolutely. Previous years, but definitely this year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're right. Like I pretty much see Brett Kamali as Trent Barrett on Wish.com, and like, how do you get worse than that? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's that. That's just that's what that's where I'm sitting right now with Brett Kamali. So that's the West Tigers, everybody. That's our team. Yeah, that's a great analogy. Nice way to put it. Yeah, Anthony, thanks heaps for um for joining joining us tonight. Where uh, thanks for yeah, you literally waited to dead last. No, that's 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 all right, guys. Like I've been listening to you guys since like 20, 20 2019, and I basically like talk to you guys, but not talk because I'm not here live. So it's like finally great to you know be here and actually communicate and sort of get my voice out there because that's what I've sort of been trying to do. And I'm like, wait a minute, I can't talk to myself. Yeah, twenty nineteen was me solo. So you and I one on one conversation. Yeah, we're having this. Yeah. yeah, and you didn't even know I was there. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Heath, for joining us, Anthony. And no, thanks, um, Josh. Yeah. Uh, have a good. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Cool yeah. See you, Enjoy night, guys. Take care. Bye, anyway. bye, mate. Uh, it's, uh, with these things, always worry about people going to talk about the same thing. But we've had the guy. That's why I opened it up when we lost the game yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. <laughs> I just thought there's nothing else that we've got left to say ourselves. 
open it up and we've had um a great variety of callers and they not one person repeated something the other said awesome like smashed it tonight guys did our job for us well done um three two one do you guys have any idea who you think <laughs> gonna hand a three two one to rob you i'm assuming you've got yours yeah normally 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 i go on the eye test josh and even though he was out of position quite a bit i said okay i'm gonna vote dane laurie like for something yeah and i couldn't think of two more blokes i'm being dead set honest with you so i actually went to the stats and had a look so i came up with my three two one that way which is pretty that's sad. how i've done it too that that's a poor indictment on the, of the game but i went uh joff three uh even though we missed some tackles i went for dane for two and I went for Luke Garner for one because literally the stats were so bad. Um, like Kelma Tuolangi's stats were even worse. Like they were terrible stats. But I would have given him points just for a couple of shots that he, he did on a couple of people. Like he actually – oops, I've lost you there, guys. He actually belted a couple of people. Um, so I, I didn't mind that. But, uh, yeah, it's just – I literally struggled to find a 3-2-1, guys. I don't know if you guys have got your 3-2-1s ready. I'm as do you have do you have three two one you want me to go? You you go. I um I'm not long home, so it's kind of I haven't really had much of a chance to No, no, that. you're right, you're right, Ben. <laughs> I I literally did mine as, as put in a, put the numbers in a hat and just pluck them out. <laughs> I'm I mean I mean Nothis he dropped the ball that cold. Yeah, it didn't really cost us anything in the end, but he scored a pretty good try. I think Noffa for three for me. Yeah. Um, Dane for two. And uh, looking at the numbers, I mean, Joff and Gow is always an easier one. But, um, yeah, maybe – I felt felt like Kenny, Kenny read the ball pretty hard. There was a few times um, – I thought, oh, good run there, Ken. So, yeah, I think I'm going to give it to Ken. Give him a point. I almost gave Dway here a point. Just the fact that he looked... Yeah, he, see, he definitely, like, came on and had something to prove. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let us know in the chat, too, guys. We've got a few coming through. Alex. Yeah. <laughs> Dane Joffa, AD. Um yeah, imagine come you come back from injury, play twenty minutes, and you're one of the best in the team. Uh, three two one, the guy in the canteen. <laughs> the chips. Uh, three for Justin, twelve. Three for twelve for coming off. Yeah, <laughs> didn't put a foot wrong. Um, right, a Robish. Oh, Brockers, Robish are three two one. Come on, Bang. Brocker, Aaron, and I deserve Bang. a point. Sure, at um, least half a each. <laughs> Nick. Laurie Joffa Hastings. Yeah, Hastings tried as best he can. I think his body's just not there at the moment. Oh, we've got a bot in the uh, in the YouTube. Need to get rid of that person. Right, as um what have you got for us? I'm gonna go all right. I'm gonna kinda do a combination of the three of you. Uh, I'll go Laurie for the three. Noffa yeah. for two. I just I really liked Noffa's try um, yeah. and Joffa for one. Beautiful. Yeah. And um, uh, 
So I just got a couple of things that didn't get to mention before. Uh, yeah, go for it. Two, two negatives, and then I want to finish with a positive. So for the first negative, I kind of feel sorry for Noddy. He's, been, he's just been thrown into the deep end of an absolute shit show. He was given literally nothing to work with. He's just basically been told, here you go. Here's the here's the reins. Do whatever for the rest yeah. of the season. And even then, he hasn't been able to do what he wants for the season so far. Um, he's just... It, he's Yeah, he's on a hiding to nothing, and it doesn't bode well for his chances of getting a, a coaching gig in the future, which I think is really disappointing for him because under the right circumstances with the right team and the right situation, I think he could actually be a pretty decent coach. Like like you guys were saying before, he's got the knowledge, he's got everything like that. Um, just really unfortunate that he's had to he's had to come in and like they pulled him away from our women's team who weren't doing too poorly under him mm. to be thrown into the furnace, essentially. Um, the second one so for Jacko, I feel like he's taking those fourth tackles uh, deliberately because he, he doesn't want to have the pressure of kicking with his dodgy foot, which is probably the same reason why we're seeing Brooks take the conversions now. Yeah. Um, I feel bad for him because it's obvious that it's hampering him. He's like you said, his output is way down and it's disappointing to see, but I hope that he does come back better next year. And speaking of next year, the positive I want to finish on is I feel like we do have the potential for a, a pretty decent forward pack next year. Like looking at what we've got, who's still at the club and who we've signed. I feel like in Twol, Stefano, uh, Bloor and Papali'i, like that's half of a pretty decent forward pack. If they're all on song, they're all playing to their potential, which I know Stefano can do. He just hasn't really had that chance this year. Um, and his confidence is obviously down because of all the injuries. If we have those four, and I'd say they're probably our starting um, 8, 10, 11, and 12, then you can really build the rest of the pack um, and the bench around them. So that's that's my one positive that I'm trying to think for next year is if yeah. we can if we can get the forwards in or if we can get any forwards in or bring any forwards up from reserve grade for the rest of the year, then we really do have the potential to have a pretty darn good forward pack for 2023. Yeah, 2023, like I feel I still feel okay about 2023. It's just. How the hell are we going to get through? How many games have we got left? Ten? Nine? Yeah, ten. ten. Oh, like, it's just... Yeah, it's going to be torture. So, but, um, we're definitely going to be calling for the help of uh, our listeners. And, um, yeah, Thursday night, we've got, hopefully, um, a former um, West Tigers player coming on. Who, he's been on before. I'll, um, yeah, I'll keep it a secret. For now, but um, I'll let you guys. Yeah, you can send questions into someone uh, who's actually played for the West Tigers in the past. So he'll come on Thursday night, and we can kind of reminisce about uh, days gone by rather than think about. But he's pretty opinionated as it is, so you can probably all guess who it is. We've talked about it before, but um, yeah. So join us on Thursday for that one. We'll try and have a bit more fun. Um, with the uh, the Origin Week, and um, until then, everyone else, yeah, everyone enjoy your week. Thanks to 
everyone who stayed with us for the nearly 100 minutes. We've had 70 to 80 people watching us live the whole time. Thanks for all our callers tonight. They absolutely smashed it. Like, just coat like we found co-hosts out of nowhere that were just awesome with us tonight, guys. So, um, boys, you know how to finish the show. Everyone um, in the chat, you know how we do it. As always, despite how terrible, and even if we're at the bottom of the ladder come uh, two weeks' time, go the Tigers. Go the Tigers. Go the Tigers. Thanks for listening to another episode of the West Life Podcast. As always, we are sponsored by West Ashfield Leagues Club and as well as MG Pump Solutions. If you could please subscribe if you'd love to hear us again. We're going to have episodes every twice a week, every week this season, Mondays and Thursdays. So we're going to, as the season rolls in, uh, be sure to catch us every week. And if you can, give us a like on the socials, so at Westlife Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, search for Westlife Podcast on Facebook. And if you'd like to take part in the show, uh, patreon.com forward slash Westlife. It's just a couple of bucks a month to help grow the show. We'll see you again next time on the Westlife Podcast. Thank <laughs> you.